0: Hey everybody, this is Ben Bowman and Alex Titus. Welcome back to another episode of The Oregon Bridge.
1: The way it's a space for people to share their ideas and it's not a space for people to be cut out, cut off or edited out. It's in context, ideas are in context and we're trying to put people in the best light. It's hard sometimes to get a sense of why things are said. I want this to be a space where people can say the things that they want to say, right? Give context to the issues and the solutions that they are seeing and experiencing in Oregon.
0: All right, folks. This week, we are excited to have a special guest. He is, I think, the first employee of Oregon 360 Media, which, as you know, puts on this podcast, has a weekly newsletter, and also has The Oregon Way, which is a weekly, basically an op-ed page where we put out opinions. Brad is helping us run The Oregon Way over the summer and has some cool ideas for what it's going to be. But Brad, before we shift and talk a little bit about The Oregon Way and Oregon 360, Give us a little bit about your background. You're back in Oregon, but what, is, what have the last few years look like for you?
1: Sure, yeah. So I recently graduated from Princeton University. So that's, New Jersey's kind of been home for the last few years. I grew up outside of Lyons, Oregon, which is about 30 miles east of Salem with those who aren't familiar. And, you know, between since the fires kind of bounced between here, Nashville, where my aunt lives, we've got some family out there, and Princeton. So that's kind of where I've been. And then obviously through COVID, you know, different sort of things to get me by the brakes through the brakes. I worked for Peter DeFazio's Transportation Infrastructure Committee for a little bit virtually. And then I worked for, I did some thesis research last summer in Maine and Massachusetts. Got a grant from the university or my university to do that. So yeah, just kind of all over the place.
0: Couple background questions. First, how does the kid from Lyons end up at Princeton? What's the, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not sure I can tell you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the elementary school at Mary Lynn in Lyons. With 30 who? people in my, at Mary Lynn, it's oh. what it's called. It's like Marion County, Lynn County. It's where they intersect. It's a school right on the border. So Got they, it. that's how it's named. Yeah, 30 people in my graduating class, eighth grade there went to state in high school, graduated with 160. I was valedictorian there. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, just kind of happened, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing that I think is super interesting and pretty tragic that happened to your family, you wrote about this in your first preamble as editor of the Oregon way. Can you describe a little bit about what the last couple of years for your family has been like living in, let's just say wildfire zone?
1: Yeah, my, uh, my family went through the Beachy Creek fire. It swept through this part of the Willamette Valley and basically wiped out my whole neighborhood. I'm living in the, I'm calling from the rebuilt house, which is great. It's beautiful. But yeah, my childhood home was gone and it took about 18, 18 months for it to get finished. So between then, between September 2020 and a couple months ago, I didn't have any anywhere to call home in Oregon. And so just last month,
0: I got to come back for the first time since August, 2020. So So that was uh, good. I'm trying to think of a way to ask this, but like for your graduating class, for example, what percentage of those families were impacted directly by the fire? Like, was it pretty common for people who, you know, or, or, or like that, like your family was friends with to like literally have their house burned down like yours did, or is it a smaller percentage of the population?
1: Right. So my family commutes to Salem. So that's why I went to State in high school, State in high school is a little closer to, you know, civilization than I am, <laughs> but you're know, the closest town, the closest high school is probably mill city and mm-hmm. mill city like, you know, the whole community was essentially leveled or gates, you know, and I think that that it was much more common that people were without shelter than it was for the people who went to Satan for, mm-hmm. with my graduating, that graduated with me. Yeah, I think that I'm the only one that I know of because even by, by the time it reached lions or was on the outskirts of lions, I think a lion had been pretty well set by the
0: fire firefighters so yeah well we are glad that you have a structure over your head and that your family's got their their home rebuilt that's awesome last question before we pivot to the product as alex and i are notorious for saying we're not journalists and you also are not a journalist and so we try to be pretty clear on the podcast about like what my political beliefs are what alex's are you will now be the editor of a at least for the summer Uh, sort of an op-ed page where we'll be hosting a lot of different opinions of different people from different parts of the political spectrum. Uh, How would you describe your own political philosophy and where you fall on the political spectrum?
1: Right. I think that I would call myself, I think that I vote Democrat federally. Uh, It's a little more mixed on the state and local level. Uh, You know, I would call myself a pragmatist, but I don't know many people that would not call themselves that, you know, (laughs) so, so you know, I like good policy. I'm not very culturally liberal or conservative, you know, and that, yeah, I think I think that most of my leanings or how I feel about things are, tend to fall in line with the majority of the people I talk to. Um, and I think that I'm pretty open-minded. I've had conversations where my ideas have changed on a policy, you know, so I, I, I hope that that serves me well in this, you know, capacity, like trying to seek out solutions to problems that, You know, we're all facing across the state and trying to keep an open mind to things that we might be, that we might otherwise shy away from. But if they're working, then why would
0: we shy away from them? Right. To answer your question, I would describe Alex as not pragmatic, but Alex, (laughs) you can defend yourself if you want to.
2: Yeah, I think the most important. Question two, Brad, you have to answer for us. So if you're truly pragmatic is the greater Idaho question. <laughs> right, uh, right, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you pro-annexation, anti, or do you fall on that one? My, no, actually, well, maybe you're even pro until they scale back their efforts. Then maybe you're anti now because it, it doesn't go far as it should, but.
1: Yeah, my uh, my grandpa, so my my parents grew up in Idaho. So my grandparents live in Idaho. You know, I remember the first time that ballot measure pat or that whatever it was was it a ballot measure? Is that what it was? The There's past. a bunch,
0: yeah, like local ballot yeah, like yeah. advisory.
1: Like a couple of years ago, he like texted everybody that lives in Oregon. And was like, sorry,
0: <laughs> welcome,
1: welcome, <laughs> like, brethren. Sorry, it's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's,
2: he's going back to his true roots. So as as every Idahoan should. Well, so Brad, yeah, we'd love to hear. Kind of and we know that you've already been doing some of the outreach work for the way and of course i think what kevin frazier who's the founder of the way and is of course affiliated in our hearts but is off doing judicial work for i think the actually oh no it's the montana supreme court i was going to say the idaho supreme court Uh, and then he's coming back to oregon 2023 but i think kevin's sort of vision for the way was like an op-ed an idea space where you know, it showcased a true kind of diverse perspective, right? We had lots of people highlighting rural issues, rural-urban divide issues, but then also people highlighting things that impact all of us, like K-12 education, government oversight, spending, things like that. Kind of curious of, as you, you know, kind of take the reins over the summer, and we know that you've already done a lot of outreach to different candidates and kind of influencers in the Oregon policy and political community, is what Your vision is for The Way and kind of how you want to reshape it while you're taking the reins.
1: Yeah, I think that how I think about The Way is mostly focused on who Oregon 360, our media platform, speaks to generally, which is political insiders in Oregon, policymakers, stakeholders to activists. I want this to be a space where people can bring their specialties to this platform and share them and share the ideas and experiences of things that have worked with other people, with the, the community that we have, with our consumers. And, you know, I think that, that that's most important for me. But also, I think that this should be a space where people go to find ideas, right? So it's not just ideas from our community, but it's it's ideas from, you know, different aspects, from, you know, whether it's academia, different think tanks in Oregon, other things like that this should be a space where ideas can be broadcast, but also where ideas are, right? Where we are bringing them, aggregating them, bringing them to the fore, much like our liftoff newsletter already does, which is, you know, just kind of centralizing what is often so dispersed and hard to find, right? Creating a space where all of this can happen. I think that's my my vision, just a hub for ideas, solutions, for all of Oregon, for local communities and statewide.
0: We should definitely give a shout out to, as Alex mentioned, Kevin helped found, uh, well, he founded the Oregon Way and there's been a group of people who he passed that on to who have basically been able to keep it functioning and continue to solicit ideas and keep it organized. Who, Brad, I know you've been working with over the last few weeks, but it's basically been entirely volunteer driven even since Kevin founded it. So we're excited about the next chapter. I think the way the way that I try to describe the, the company for people is Oregon 360 Media is three distinct products. One is the podcast, which you're listening to now, comes out every week on Wednesday. The second is the Lift Off newsletter, which is every Monday morning. It's everything you need to know about Oregon politics that happened the previous week. So you're starting the week with the most important stories from the previous week. And the way is now going to be that third space where, to Brad's point, is going to be the most important ideas that are being discussed from influential policymakers, people who have you know power or influence, either institutionally or as elected leaders, that are kind of setting the tone for what is to be discussed and in what ways. That's the vision for it. So it's basically an aggregated newsletter of ideas coming out every Friday. One quick question on product before we pivot is you're not just looking for op-eds anymore, right, Brad? There's You're kind of trying to expand a little bit about what is included in the Friday newsletter? Right,
1: yeah. So, yeah, so right now the uh, the way is mostly op-eds. I, I think in the past our newsletters have included comics, but, um, yeah. I yeah.
2: uh,
0: love the comics. I love to include them. Yeah, but but I love to include them.
2: But, yeah, actually, I would like Some of them are, like, better than newspaper comics. I'm like, wow, some random person just made this. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are.
1: Yeah. So I hope that we can include, start expanding our uh, our content, though, to, to bring in some of the aspects that are working for us already in other parts of the organization. So especially the liftoff that's important to Oregonians. And there's so many different news outlets in Oregon, and they're all kind of small. They're, they're small. A lot of them are niche. And so trying to figure out the most important stories of the week is kind of hard, like to get a sense of what's going on in Oregon. Like you have to read at least three different newspapers pretty regularly and, you know, check in on these on these smaller newspapers at least once a week. And so that, that product, the Liftoff, has done a real service to um, Oregonians or to our subscribers. And I think that we, the way we should, could include that in our weekly newsletter, provide a similar service, aggregating ideas from the different think tanks that exist in Oregon so whether that's the Oregon Center for Public Policy, the research that some of the consultancies do like Econ Northwest or even public institutions like Greater Portland Inc, like bringing those sort of the new reports and ideas that come out from those sorts of those organizations in the state and maybe even some academic research and bringing them into the newsletter, linking them, explaining the important issues that they highlight and why they're relevant for our state. I think additionally, we could start including op-eds have a high barrier to entry. Not everybody has the capacity to write an op-ed when we need them to write an op-ed, right? Like if a, if the, for example, the gun debate, the gun safety debate has been such a big issue the last couple of weeks, it's almost unreasonable for us to expect that a gun activist has a time to write an op-ed right now, right? Because it this is the busiest, there's tons going on. They're involved in the debate in a 100 different ways at this point, and writing an op-ed may not be the most practical. So I'm hoping that we can start offering transcribed interviews that are quick takes on what people would like to see from the legislature, what the issue is, what their perspective is, and the solutions that they see ahead, right? And I hope that we can start providing those, that sort of a service and publishing it on the website in the next few weeks. And I also think that we just need to, we need to contextualize our op-eds, our interviews, and the ideas that that we aggregate for Oregon more broadly. We need to explain the relevance, we need to zoom out a little bit, and also explain the context of the perspective that we are highlighting on our page. So why somebody we think believes this, where they're coming from, what issue they're highlighting, what side of the issue they're highlighting, and why that issue is important to Oregon. So those are just three kind of Ways that I hope that we can expand the product a little bit, flesh out the product in the next few weeks before the end of the summer. Before you abandon uh, then, us
0: for a foreign entity and show your yeah. true loyalty.
1: <laughs> for a State Department-sponsored <laughs> fellowship program. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: So, one, one more follow-up. Can you give it? Don't don't list any names yet of folks you've reached out to, but like, can you give us like what are some categories of people or the types of people who you're you'll be soliciting from or you'd love to hear from if they're interested in in being involved some way? Who are you thinking about?
1: Currently reaching out to a bunch of state candidates for the state legislature. Reached out to former candidates for uh, from our congressional districts. Also reaching out to advocacy groups so whether that's business associations um activist organizations um as well as some experts policy experts yeah so if you fit into any of those categories and have something to say right now about any issue that is relevant i would love to hear your ideas my emails
0: allegedly allegedly no it will be brad at or360.org if Alex Titus is to be trusted, which, you know, we'll see. But Sounds yeah, so Brad, at, <laughs> Brad <laughs> at OR360.org. And we should also A be clear. Feature. If you have complaints and you think it's going really poorly, Brad at or <laughs> yeah, that, that
2: well is the place Ideas. to go. Can we get yeah. that cell phone number too, Brad? So <laughs> yeah, 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 we've had address.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we now had Mayor Jason Snyder and journalist Mike Rogaway give their and someone else gave their cell phone or or I don't know if Mike's was his cell phone It's
2: probably his office number but you actually that's should have had a lot of people give their personal cell phone number out on the show <laughs> you actually I, shouldn't I do that Brad
0: all right that's I did want to well Ben I yeah, did want to actually yeah,
2: yeah. add and I think and you and I had talked about this and I'm assuming you talked about it with Brad I think one thing that at least kind of makes the approach different to write is that like any candidate can write an op-ed in i mean really any publication but i think sort of our idea behind it which i think makes it really interesting is just like and people have said this about the podcast too which i think frankly makes us more interesting is that people can come on you know if you're a republican listener you're a democrat listener you may hear someone from the opposite party and you may think what they just said is completely and utterly insane but basically you're actually hearing what they think right? Whereas. On most interview shows and most news shows, the person has 30 seconds to say what they think about a very complex issue. The host will immediately butt in, generally with a talking point to either counter them or try to challenge them on some specific point. And then it turns into you know a little complaining match for two minutes until they bring on the next guest. Of course, yeah. we have tried to do the opposite on this podcast, which is where we say, what do you think about this very complex policy issue? we we'll let them say whatever they want, and then, you know, basically, they you understand now their side of the argument, whether that's the progressive side, conservative side, center-right, center-left, moderate, far-right, far-left, whatever it is. Uh, and I think that's kind of the same, what we're trying to accomplish with some of these op-eds, right? Like if, you know, Lori Chavez de Remer is running against Jamie McCloud skinner and Jamie wants to write something and basically say why she thinks she's the best candidate... Obviously, we would probably filter it if there was like heavy personal attacks that were, you know, foul language and things like that. But I think it's important, right, for voters to actually have like a clear understanding of what people believe and that that should be largely as unfiltered as possible to, to, you know, to the best extent it can be. I don't think that people get that out of the major op-ed publications because generally there has to be a timely, I've published literally hundreds of op-eds. Generally there has to be a timely hook. It has to be relevant on one specific issue. I'm going to pull the same eight bullet points that I also published that same op-ed in in the other op-ed page that I already wrote for. So uh, I do think that's what makes us unique. And I mean, I think that that's what people enjoy about the podcast too, is that like, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, like you get to hear the unfiltered opinion of whatever this political candidate, policymaker, staffer, whatever thinks about this specific issue.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I think that, I think that's what the way, it's a space for people to share their ideas. And it's not a space for people to be cut out, cut off or edited out. It's in context, ideas are in context. And we're trying to, put people in the best light like you read news articles and people are quoted all the time and it's hard sometimes to get a sense of why things are said and we want this to be I want this to be a space where people can say the things that they want to say right to the fullest extent that they want to say them and share their (laughs) ideas and give context to the issues and the solutions that they are seeing and experiencing in Oregon and I hope that's a service that's valuable Uh, to our subscribers.
0: The last thing I'll say on this, and then we should probably close as, as we mentioned, Brad, can we, are you allowed to say where you're going and what you're doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was accepted to the Congress Bundestag youth exchange program for young professionals. And I will be on Lake Constance at the end, starting in the beginning of August. Yeah.
0: So we are grateful to have Brad working for the company for the summer, but we are going to need someone to take the reins over when you leave or some formation. Kevin tried to, we've tried formations, um, individuals, et cetera. So if there are folks out there who are interested in being involved and taking on a leadership role, I would start with Brad, email Brad. But I mean, what, what would you guess? I mean, I think this is what your second week, how many hours per week of a commitment is it to organize and do all that you're doing?
1: yeah i'm not sure i've got a great sense light yet ben
0: uh
2: he's working hundreds you know.
1: of hours a week <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i don't know maybe like 20 okay i i think you could expand it to however many you want it to be but yeah. right now as i'm getting my footing, my my feet set that's kind of how many i've, I've tried to spend
0: So we are open to new voices, new ideas. Obviously, Brad has got an idea, a vision that's a little different than what we've done before. And we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. But we're always looking to get better. So reach out if you got ideas or if you're interested. Brad, any closing thoughts before we hit the outro music?
1: No, I'm just really excited. I hope that uh, everybody enjoys the changes that come to the Oregon way. And yeah, let me know if you have any other ideas or questions or thoughts or criticisms.
0: All right. Thank you everyone for listening. And Alex, before we leave, give a plug for the YouTube channel. It's what you're best at.
2: Well, you can also see if you're on YouTube, I got my fancy new mic set up. Yes. Uh, which Ben has had for a while. He just hasn't actually opened it. So I do have shame,
0: the microphone. He still,
2: he still isn't using headphones. So that makes buddy <laughs> upset. Has to have buddy spend countless more hours. So <laughs> that is a terrible, you know, host when it comes to helping buddy. Uh, YouTube, I believe, is youtube.com slash OR360.
0: I don't know. Buddy, if that's not correct, edit it out.
2: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Well, definitely check us out on YouTube. If you type in Oregon Bridge Podcast, you will see us there.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.